Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys today? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Those of you here in the room here today, thank you. And those of you who are worshiping with us online, man. Okay, can we give it up for those folks real quick, watching at home, wherever they're at? We love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, it's incredible. Um, since all of the, the COVID stuff has happened, it kind of forced us to really be intentional about making sure we have space online in a way that we hadn't been before. And I was looking the other day at people who regularly watch um, our online thing. There was a map that we had developed. And we've got people in Minnesota, all sorts of people in California, uh, Missouri, um, Louisiana, all over Louisiana, all over the state of Texas, uh, Castroville, Honda. We have people that are watching from these places. Uh, I think it was like 20 states um, and then several countries that people watch and worship with us. So that's pretty awesome, y'all, that people are all over the place. Uh, joining with us. And so that's really, really cool. Uh, It's time change. If you didn't know that yet, um, it changed overnight. I went to Starbucks this morning and the lady said, I didn't even know it was changing time. I was like, how did you get here on time? She said, my phone just did it. And I was like, that's how it is. Our phones rule our lives. Come on, that's just more evidence. We don't even know what's happening, but our phones do. Thank God. Come on, can I get an amen, somebody? Yeah, so you're here, and uh, this is uh, is the, the, the year, the part of the year where it's spring break and time change. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy uh, how many folks forget what time it is. Today, after our third service, uh, we are doing child and family dedication. So if that's you, we'd love for you to join us. And it's going to be awesome. Brand new series today, and we're basing it on this text right here, Proverbs chapter 29. I'm going to read it from the mer- message paraphrase. The King James says, where there is no vision, people perish. And that is an incredibly strong statement. I want to unpack that a little bit uh, over the next four weeks, and and we're going to start right here. Uh, This is the message paraphrase. If people can't see what God is doing, that's the vision, that word see, that's the vision word. If people can't see what God is doing, they, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to, when they pay attention to, when they focus in on, when they give action to, what God reveals, what he reveals, they are most, would you say this with me? They are most blessed. They are most blessed. So again, when, when, when there is no vision for your life, when there is no clarity around what God's purposes, plans for your life are, people perish. So we're going to start here. God, uh, if you don't know this, if you haven't learned this yet, God has a plan for your life and for mine. And if you can't see that plan, if you don't have any idea what it is, oftentimes we will stumble all over ourselves trying to find what we're supposed to do, right? So so what happens then is sometimes we see that marriages stumble because there's no clarity, there's no vision for marriage. Our emotions stumble because they're connected to the happenings around us and not rooted into who God is. Sometimes we're stumbling in our finances or stumbling achieving our dreams, stumbling in, in most everything, and it seems like life can become chaotic and a little bit messy when we don't have vision. And, and, and the mess that we've created isn't the real problem. We think that's the real problem. That's just the fruit. Everybody with me so far? The mess is the fruit, and the lack of clarity is the actual problem. We don't have clarity about what's next, what our marriage, what our kids, we don't have clarity. And so God 
wants us all um, to have clarity and, and an understanding because when, when you attend to what he reveals, you're gonna be most blessed. You're gonna be most content. You're gonna be most fulfilled when you know the plan, the pathways that God has for you. And I believe that God has a pathway for every one of us. So in this series, we're just gonna talk about that path, those pathways, that, that journey. And this isn't something we made up here at LifePoint. Um, this is something that is in the Bible from cover to cover that you read through the Bible and what you'll find, especially in, starting in Exodus, you'll start to find this all through. There's four things that God wants for your life. And this is the vision for, for us at LifePoint. These are the four things that, that God wants us to know him. Right? That's basic, right? Everybody, God wants you to know him. N- number two, God wants you to find freedom. And what we mean is we all have hurts, habits, and hangups. Everybody does. If you're super young yet, the bad news for you is you're going to get some, right? You're like, not yet. You will get some. You'll get some hurts. You'll get some habits. You'll get some hangups. And we got to get freedom from our yesterdays. That's what we mean here. The third thing is we want to help people discover purpose. Like, why am I on the planet? And the reason the discovering purpose is so important is for the next one, so that we can make a difference. If you go read through the Bible, you'll see God wants this. He wants you to know him. Like, not, not know him intellectually, but know him. Know him. Like, heart, relationship. He wants you to find freedom. He doesn't want you dragging around the baggage of yesterday. He doesn't want you doing that. He wants you to discover purpose. He wants you to make a difference. So we're going to go through all four of these. We're going to end with the first one on Easter's. Come on, Easter's, anybody? Nacho Libre? There is no flavor. There are no spices. Did you not realize that? Anyways, I'm just going to stop there. I've seen it a lot of times. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to end with no God on Easter. Today I want to start with the third one here, discover purpose, because I don't know how you can get on mission in your life, like really on mission in your life, if you don't know what your purpose is. Like why on, why on the earth am I here? I, I want to give you a big picture for a minute with a statement. Your life is the very invention and creation of God himself. Your life, not, not my Danny, maybe your, no, 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 no. Your life, my life, is the very invention and creation of God. Ecclesiastes, Ephesians 2 uh, says in verse 10 that we were created long ages ago by God who, who planned, who had a pathway, a plan for our lives, that we are the masterpiece of his creation. That's what it says, right? It's, it's important for us to realize that because you're, you, you, were not, you were created um, with a destiny as big as God can imagine for you. You, you are not created to sort of eke out uh, a, a meager existence, to sort of bump around through life from day after day, going from one meaningless activity to another. Like we, we found out recently that the research is that we spend one-fifth of our lives now scrolling on our phones. Come on, some of you, that muscle right there is the strongest muscle you have. Maybe you're the kind of does it this way, whatever you... Like, we, we were not made to spend a major chunk of our life scrolling through phones. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen on that? Like, like we, are, we are not meant to have a barely make it through every day having a bad attitude towards life, feeling frustrated, feeling down. You and I are created by God and for God. Our lives are the invention of God. And you were created for a destiny that's as big as God himself has imagined for you. And so when we choose to not attend to what he reveals, when we choose to settle for something less than God's very purpose for our lives, we reduce our lives. We shrink them into something less significant than God has imagined for us. So this is why it's important to know what our purpose is. 
And I use the word discover here because I think a lot of people go through life with no real plan. There's no vision for where they're going. They're going somewhere, but they're not going somewhere with a clear path. A lot of people are stumbling, and I think particularly right now more than ever because we're all like shell-shocked from what's been happening for the last year. But here's the truth I want you to grab with me. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Man, that's, that's important. Like everybody, just by virtue of being alive, you're going somewhere. But the question is, are you going there by design or are you going there by default? No, like, like I don't know about you, but I want, I want to follow God's design and I don't want to just sort of stumble through my life. L- let me ask you a question. How many of you in the room online, you can put a hands up emoji there if you wouldn't mind. How many of you would like to end up one day financially free where you don't owe anyone anything? Come on, would you like that? yeah. Some of you are like, woo! By the way, we have Financial Peace University right out there. That's the whole point of that. Like, we're not selling anything. I'm just telling you, that thing out there that we're talking about will change your life. I'm telling you it will, right? Like, how many of you would love to have a, 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 a maybe you're not married right now, but you'd love to get married someday and have a great marriage where you, know, you love each other and you love Jesus? How many of you would love to have that, right? Yeah, woohoo! All the young people are like, yeah! Can we start tomorrow? No, no, no. How many of you um, would love to end up one day in really great physical shape? Come on, I'm going to raise both hands and look at me. I ironed this shirt. I just want to be for the record. I ironed this shirt. It's just not ironed anymore. Come on, can, you know what I'm telling you? Man's a slob. I, I really tried, all right? Come on. Um, so let me promise you that you can end up in any of those places. But let me also promise you that you will not end up there by accident. I promise you, you will not get financially free by accident. You will not have a great marriage by accident. You will not raise great kids by accident. You will not get in shape by accident unless some of you have those great genetics, like you eat whatever and you're like, dude, I still got a six pack. I got a six pack of like donuts uh, and whatnot. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Back, Back to our key verse again, Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, They stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And again, where there is no vision, people perish. The Hebrew word translated as vision is the word chauzon. Can you say it with me? Chauzon. You got to spit a little bit. Like Ahmed, the dead terrorist. Anybody? Um, Google that. It's very funny. Don't do it, kids. It's not funny for you. Only for the adults. Right? This is not to be confused with calzone, which is a, a, a span, a, like an Italian savory pie, or calzones, which is Spanish for underwear. And he, that's, that was a series back in February. Uh, and anyways, um, this is not what we're talking about. This is the word calzone, which means a dream or revelation. Like something happens where you, you understand something you didn't used to understand. It's It's vision. Where there is no chauzon, there is no vision for a godly family, and that's why we see in America that half of marriages end in divorce. Where there is no vision for financial freedom, people can live in a, in a, in a country where even when we're in a downtime sometimes, it's still better than most of the parts of the world, and we can live from paycheck to paycheck, always worried about money. Where there is no vision to make a lasting difference, people always go through life going, there's got to be something else, Right? 
God did not put you here by accident. I feel like somebody needs to hear this. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You you were created by God. You were placed at this moment in history where you're living at and where I'm living at right now because this is the time where God decided you could bring most glory to him. Everyone ends up somewhere by default or by design, but you're not gonna end there by by default because God has a plan and a vision for your life and if you will open yourself up to discovering that, God can do amazing things in your life. Several years ago, a pastor named Craig Rochelle Pastor's Life Church, the largest church in America. We admire him so, so much around here. His church invented version, the Bible app that's on your phone, and a million other things. He wrote a book by the same name, Calzone. By the way, I recommend it. It's old now, but I recommend it. I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit of borrowing from this because I think it helps me help you uh, discover purpose. So if you, look at, if you look at all the greats from the Bible, you'll find that there are four stages of discovering the vision that God has, the purpose that God has. If you look at Moses, if you look at Esther, if you look at Paul, if you look at David, if you look at Nehemiah, over and over again, you'll see where people get a vision. God says, hey, I'm calling you to something. And they go through these, they go through these four different and distinct phases on the way to discovering it and sort of living in it. And, and, and if you have your Bibles, matter of fact, turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Chapter 20, I love it when people bring their Bibles and underline and write in them. It's so healthy for you, I promise you. You can look at it on here, but if you look at your own Bible, you'll hear me reading it, something different will happen to you. I guarantee you, it, you'll, it'll, you'll get more. So let me give you context of what's, what we're gonna read about here. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who is the, the apostle to the Gentiles, the people who are not Jews uh, in the Bible. He's ministering in a town called Ephesus. He started a church here. He loves these people. He suffered with these people. He's raised up elders, people who are not necessarily old. They're just, they're more mature in their faith. And he gathers them up to tell them, look, it's, it's gonna break my heart, but God is calling me out from here. I've been here I love you guys, I love this place, but God wants me to go somewhere. And here's the thing, some of you, God's gonna do that in your life, and some of you, that's gonna happen for you today, like where God's gonna say, hey, I know you've been doing this, I want you to do this. You're gonna have to leave the comfort of the known and take a step of faith. So, this is what he says, he's very emotional, he's teared up, he's speaking to the elders, and he says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, if you have your Bible, underline that word, uh, that phrase, I am going to Jerusalem, here's the second part of that, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. That's not going to be your story. Come on, somebody like, hey, I don't want the cow zone then. If the cow zone involves prison and hardship, I don't want it. This is the last part. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Four phases of Calzone. Number one, we see it in the text, the Spirit's prompting, and now compelled by the Spirit. That word compelled is the, by the Spirit is dio numo, or, or numa, sorry, dio numa. <laughs> dio numo, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, in other words, this isn't my idea. This isn't necessarily what even I want to do, is what Paul's saying. This is God's Spirit's idea. I'm compelled. I'm, I'm being drawn away from where I'm at. And, 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 and many of you will have a moment in your life or multiple moments in your life where you have this Dio Numa moment where the Spirit of God just moves you where you think, man, 
I don't, I don't like what's happening in my neighborhood. I don't like what's happening in that part of the country. I, I think I could do something to help that area or that thing. Man, I don't like to see what's happening to the teenagers in my, in my neighborhoods. I want to do something about that. And the Spirit of God is drawing you to get off the couch, to get out of the comfort zone, and to go out and actually do something. There's something moving me. Bill Hybels calls it a holy discontent. Like, I have no reason to feel discontent, and yet I feel something from God drawing me out. He's got a purpose. I can feel it. You ever been headed to one restaurant? Like, like over here on Calabria, there's like a thousand restaurants, and you're headed to one, but you smell another one? Anybody ever have this happen to you? You're like, man, that smells good. I wasn't thinking Burger King, but it smells like grilled burgers. I'm never thinking Burger King. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But if you want to sponsor us, we'll take it. You know what I'm saying, Burger King? Just kidding. Um, you, you, ever, you ever be driving down the road and, the, and there's the hot sign on the Krispy Kreme going off and you feel compelled to yank the car across four lanes of traffic right there on I-10 and get off, you know what I'm saying? Compelled by the Spirit to eat those Krispy Kreme donuts, those, those wafers, those manna from heaven. If anybody wants to get a brother some right now, I'd be, I'll take some, you know? There's something that pulls you. It was this very dynamic that, that drew me back home to San Antonio. I'm from San Antonio. I was born here. I was in Houston. My wife and I and our two girls were in Houston at the time. We were at a great church, great church. Um, our needs were being provided for us. My wife was able to stay home and, and, and work with our kids and be with our kids. And we were kind of comfortable, honestly. I, I was in a sweet spot in my time in, in my life. I was a student pastor, and I had been for many, many years, and I knew what I was doing at that point for the most part. You can't always know what's happening with students. Can I get an amen, students? They don't even know what's happening from moment to moment. Can I amen somebody, right? right I know, I know, I know. Um, I don't still know what's happening moment to moment. Um, but I, I kind of knew what was going on. We were in a well-resourced church with a big staff, big church. Uh, and yet, I was noticing that we weren't reaching um, a lot of lost people at our church, particularly younger lost people, uh, people that are, by lost I mean that just don't know Jesus. And we, ha- we were raising them up in the youth group and they were growing up in our church, but we weren't reaching them at that time. Now that church is, is doing amazing. But then we weren't and God was like, hey Danny, I want you to go out and I want you to go start a church that's not really just about church people, but it's about people who don't know Jesus. Go, go with your family and move back home. And so we didn't know what was going to happen, but there was a Dio Numa. We felt the compelling of the Spirit to leave comfort and go. So that's first phase. Second phase is certain uncertainty. He says, I'm compelled by the Spirit. I, I know God wants me to do something else. I'm going to go to Jerusalem because that's what he wants me to do. That's the picture. But I don't know what's going to happen to me there. There's certainly going to be uncertainty when you're discovering God's purpose. See, that's the thing about God's calling to do his purpose in your life is you can know what you're supposed to do, but that might be all that you know. Like, you don't know how it's gonna happen. Paul says, I don't know what's gonna happen next. And this is how it was for my family when we moved here. We didn't know how anything was gonna work. We didn't even have any idea how we were gonna make it financially. We left our jobs and moved here with no promise of anything. And, and some of you will experience this along the way in your life. You're going to feel a call to leave a secure job to start a business, right? I talked to somebody after church this morning. They're like, man, I, God's been pounding me to start my own company, my own business. And I've been, I've been going, no, 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 no. I, don't, I, I, was always, I was thinking of all the reasons why I couldn't do this. 
And she said, today you came in here and dropped that on me. Now I feel no other choice. I got to go out and get this done, right? So, so, but you're going to want more. And she's like, but I don't know how to do it yet. And, and, and it's amazing how God was working already in her life because she had already connected somebody in the lobby who said, I know how to start businesses. I can help you. I'll fi- we'll figure this out together. You get a plan and I'll help you run it. I'll help you work the plan. And, and, but we want to know, okay, God, how's it all going to work? We want guarantees and all the details. Some of you single folk, you're going to think, man, I finally found the one. This is it. This is her. But you're like, but what if she turns out to be crazy? You're not, like your girls, you're like, but what if he turns out to be an ax murderer? Apparently you have to worry about stuff like this now, right? So world, the world's crazy. You can't just swipe right anymore. That person swiping right, that could be somebody crazy right there. Come on. People over, over like my age are like, what are you even talking about swipe right? It's a thing. I don't know. I don't even know what it means. God is calling me to take a step of faith and start a nonprofit. I feel the spirit compelling me to do this, but I need the details. How's it going to work? But the issue with God's will and God's purpose for your life is that he doesn't always give you the details. Some of you who've lived a little while, you, you know this. You may have 50% or 60 or 70% of the information you need to go after the purposes of God. But there's always going to be certain uncertainty, right? I think that if God gave us all the details, we'd say no to what he's called us to do, right? If he had all the details, it wouldn't require faith and trust. I'll use my story here again. If Rachel and I had known how hard starting a church would be, we'd still be in Houston right now. Come on, somebody. We'd be like over there going, hey, I'm going to be a youth pastor until I'm 100. Like, can we get a younger guy? No, I'm not leaving, right? We'd have bailed out and not trusted God to get us through some really hard times, some brutally hard times. I'm telling you right now, if I knew how hard ministry was going to be and what would it cost me emotionally, I probably would have said, find somebody else, God, Right? Come on, if we knew how hard 2020 was going to be last year, on on like March the 8th, right? Remember last year, March the 8th, around this time? We'd have said, cryogenically freeze me until it's all over and then wake me back up. Come on, somebody, if they had that, you would have done it knowing what you know now. I don't want to even, I'm just going to freeze myself until it's over, you know, like a bad wart. Freeze myself, anyways. I don't know. I don't know why I say stuff like that. Some of you have started businesses and, 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 and you, would, you would say, had I known how hard it was going to be, I wouldn't have started that business. Now I'm through that season. I'm so glad I did. But if I'd known what was looking at the first three or four years, I wouldn't have done it. God says, I'm calling you to do this, but you can't handle the truth. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the, I lost an hour of sleep. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm telling you, you have to take a step but you have to know certainly there will be uncertainty and you've got to walk by faith. Without faith, Hebrews 11 says, it's impossible to please God. We want God, God's guarantees and God says, no, the only thing I can guarantee you is I'm going to be with you every step of the way. That's all I can guarantee you. Like I'm not a big roller coaster guy. Any roller coaster people in the house today? You like roller coasters? Woo, yeah. Like people are going, woo, because that's what you do on a roller coaster, right? I'm afraid of heights. Seriously, can't stand heights. My girls will tell you if they get near the rail of something tall, I'm like, get back from there. Like, dad, there's rails. Get back from there over here. Their rail needs to be over there and you need to be over here. Something happens to me that I can't describe to you because it's weird and I'm not gonna tell you. I can't stand heights. But there's something about it when you man up and you go ahead and get on that sucker because if not, your, your daughters will call you, uh, you, know, a, you know, whatever. And, and, and so you, you start up that first hill and it's like click, clack, click, clack, and you're hanging on for, come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, I'm going to die. And you're like, you're not even Catholic, but you're doing the thing, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. 
right? And you're like, God, forgive me for the things I don't even know if I did or not in case I die. And you get to the top and you're thinking, we're gonna die and you're crying. Because you ever see those pictures of those people that are like, <gasps> like they're terrified? And you take that first stop, drop and it takes your breath away and then you get to the bottom and you realize, hey, we're not gonna die, woohoo! <laughs> uh, right? And you get to the end and you run off and you run back around and you do it again. That was awesome! That's, I hate to tell you, but that's what it's like to follow God sometimes. There's a sense of, oh no, we're gonna die. And then there's like, woo! and then there's oh no and then we're gonna die and oh it's awesome <laughs> you're like is this real <laughs> pastor john am i right that's exactly how it goes it's like what oh yeah and, and it's like this it's up and down man it's a roller coaster but you don't know what's going to happen next but you know there's certainly going to be uncertainty but the Spirit's calling, the Spirit's drawing. And, and what we have to learn to do in those moments of uncertainty is just take the next right step. Like, I don't know how to make a five or 10 year plan. I got friends that are like, dude, five years from now, we're gonna do this, and 10 years from now, like, I don't know what's happening five minutes from now. I have ADD, man. Like, literally, I'm not gonna say who back there in the back, they sent me a thing of medicine the other day that they say I need to be taking. Like, bro, you really need to start taking these. Somebody in the back, but I'm not gonna say multiple somebody's back there in the back. The list of things, there's a list of like these kind of things. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it. I haven't yet though, can you tell? I haven't yet. We just take the next right step. You don't, you don't, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just take the next right step. See, some of you are like, well, when I get the clear picture, I'll take the next right. No, 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 that's not how it works. God, you're calling me. You want me to do something for you? I'll take the next right step. So here's, here's how it works. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. Does that make sense? Like if for, for some of you, you're like, I want to get in shape and I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. No, you're not. You're not going to run a marathon tomorrow. You're going to die in the process. <laughs> so you just start with one step and like, man, I took one step. I deserve a Twinkie. Come on. That, that. Anybody like work out? Hey. I worked out. I'm having a whole box of strawberry Pop-Tarts because that's manna, y'all. Pop-Tarts, anybody? Seriously, y'all don't like Pop-Tarts? Y'all gotta get out more, man. Pop-Tarts are the jam. They'll have those in heaven. I promise you, they'll have them. They'll be warmed up and ready to go. Like when you walk in, it's like, hey, Pop-Tarts right there. And whatever else you like in this life, I believe it. I don't, there's no Bible for it, but I believe it anyway. You know what I'm saying? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. It's a step thing. It's a step. God's given me this, this Dio Numa, this vision is compelling towards something. I know there's certainly going to be uncertainty. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to write down the vision. Habakkuk 2. Write the vision down. Make it plain so that those who read it can run with it. So I write down the vision. I don't have it all yet, but I start with, hey, here's what I think is next. Young people, some of you are on the front row, so important that you write it down. Like someday I want to be this. Someday, no, 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 write it down. God want you to, and here's the thing, you got to ask God, God, what do you want for my life? Like, I want to do this, I want to do that, fine. God, what do you want me to do? And he begins to reveal it. And so, here, here, so you write that down. And here's what I have to tell you. This is for everybody. You don't figure out what God wants you to do by just thinking about it at Starbucks day in and day out, like writing down the vision, right? You can do that. That's the way to start. You figure out what God wants you to do by doing things that God already has for you to do. 
like, 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 let me just tell you this. The way we say it here is like, what do you, what do you, when people say, hey, I want to serve at the church, what do you want to do? I don't know. Okay, well, try stuff. So try kids, right? By the way, we always need folks and kids, good folks and kids. And some are like, I have kids. I throw them over there so I can enjoy the time over here. I don't want to work with kids. Somebody's got to work with the kids, y'all. That's all I'm saying, right? Everybody can't say, I had kids already. I already did my time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry, kids, that sounded bad. <laughs> I have to finish this message. Let me keep going. So here's the thing. I'm going to go work what I know how to do. Whatever the doors are open, whatever the opportunities are, I'm going to go work those. And here's what's happening. In the doing, revelation comes. It's not in the dreaming that revelation comes. Dreaming is good. God has a dream. God has a plan. But it's in the actual doing. When you attend to what God reveals, you'll be most blessed. So then the idea is, what's the, one, the next right step for you? What is it? If God gives you a little glimpse of what he wants, start with the next step. Many of you, you have a vision, but you haven't taken the first step. You want to go to step five, but God says you can't handle step five until you've taken steps one, two, three, and four. And that's the, the way of the world is we want to skip the process, skip the process, skip the process, get to the product, but you don't get the product without the process. That's how it works. Look at the Bible. That's how it works over and over again. That's why we do growth track here. Growth track is just a way to get started. It's a catalyst. It's not the be all end all. It's a catalyst for what God might want to do next. Number three, uh, the phase of Calzone is, is predictable resistance. He says, I only know. He says, I don't know what's going to happen to me in Jerusalem, but I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Predictable resistance. As you step out in faith, you can put it on your calendar. Your spiritual enemy is going to come and try to talk you out of doing what God told you to do. He's going to try to throw you off course. In other words, there's going to be an enemy that's going to try to stop me from doing what God uniquely created me to do. And you can see it in every great story of the Bible. You see Moses, hey, go set my people free. Oh yeah, well, there's going to be Pharaoh there. Pharaoh's going to get in your way. Hey, Joseph, I want you to go and, 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 and be the deliverer for my people. I want you to go do amazing things. You're going to help my people get food someday down the road. And his brother's like, nah, we don't like him. He's got this jacket dad gave him. We're going to throw him in a pit and sell, sell him into slavery. Right? Everywhere you go, there's predictable resistance. Vision, when God gives you a vision, it will naturally breed resistance. But here's the thing I want you to know. Vision is greater than resistance. You've got to remember that. Vision, Nehemiah, he says, i got a burden. There's a wall. My people, my, my ancestral home, the wall's been torn down. It's consuming me. But when you get there, Sanballat and Tobiah are going to be waiting for you there. You're not gonna, we're not going to let you build this wall. And what he does is he says, my vision is greater than your resistance, and he builds the wall anyways. It's the predictable resistance. I promise you, you, you can take a step of faith, and something will oppose your step of faith every time. You, you got a vision for a godly marriage, and you're like, we're going to pray together, and you have the biggest fight of your life that night. Come on, somebody. Shoes are flying around. Come on. That's what happens. You're like, babe, we're going to get financially free. We're going to go join Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. It's going to help us out, and the air conditioner will break down. We're going to get a, a, a rainy day fund. We're going to do all the things, and, and the car breaks down. The tires go flat, right? That's what happens every time. There's predictable resistance. That's why you need help. That's why you need people. That's why God puts providential relationships in your life. Like whenever the resistance comes, you're like, well, forget it. No, there's going to be somebody going, no, 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 we're not going to forget this. We're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to do it together, right? Many of you, God's going to stir something up in your heart today, and you're going to want to step into the certain uncertainty, but something's going to happen that's going to cause you to want to pause. 
But listen, when you start to feel that resistance, that should be the greatest indicator. I must be on the right track because the enemy doesn't like it. The devil hates progress, somebody, right? The last one, uncommon clarity. Uncommon clarity. Number four, this is where God wants you to live. Verse 24, here's what Paul says. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing. In other words, if I can't do what God's called me to do, my life isn't worth what it should be. That's what he's saying here. To finish the race and complete the task of telling people about Jesus. Paul has a vision. He has a calling. He knows why he's been put on the planet and now nothing's gonna stop him from doing what God's called him to do. There's nothing, there's nothing like uncommon clarity that will get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Come on, everybody. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus, you might be here, but God wants you here. And there's always a next right, there's always a next right step. And it's vision that gives you that clarity. It's vision that helps you make sense of what's next. And this is why I pray. That's why I'm praying this. I've been praying this this week. That if you haven't yet experienced the power of God's vision for your life, if you haven't yet experienced it, that, that you will because when you have uncommon clarity, this is what, this is what I was created to do. You can endure the pain of life. Listen, I know, I know right now that some of you have experienced tremendous, tremendous pain in your lives. Some of you have lost people that you love so, so much. And it's felt like it's gonna sweep you off of your feet. And yet, here you are. Here you are online. You're still standing. Why? Because God's not done with you. If you're still breathing, God's not done. God has planned for your life. God has a vision for your life. God has clarity for you. And sometimes it gets muddled because of the circumstances of life, but hang in there. God's plans will always come to pass. I will tell you, for me, I know what, my, what I'm created to do. I'm created to serve the local church. I'm not created to be a missionary. Sometimes I go on mission. My parents were missionaries. That was awesome for them. That's not what I'm created to do. I'm not created to do this or that or that. I know what I'm called to do. And it's hard sometimes, and sometimes I feel like, man, I'd rather do something else. Not, not lying, but, but I can tell you this. No regrets. If I die tomorrow, God, I don't want to. Come on, I don't want to. I'd miss my family. I'd hope they missed me. But I would have no regrets because I know I'm doing what God has called me to do. I have no regrets that I didn't choose a different pathway. This is what God called me. I consider my life worth nothing if only to do what God called me to do. And when you get to that point, like, like Nehemiah did in the Old Testament, he had this vision. The walls were in disrepair. His cities, his, his people were scattered. He'd been taken captive, taken far away, and he has the vision. He hears about what's happening back home. He gets a vision. He gets there. He's met with certain uncertainty. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. He's got predictable resistance going on. There are people trying to dissuade him. And here's what he says in, in, in Nehemiah 6, verse 3. He's up on the wall. He's working at the vision God gave him. He says, and so these people say, come down here, we want to meet with you. And so he said, I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work. Could you say this with me? I'm doing a great work. Some of you are doing a great work and you just don't know it yet. 
You don't know that the job that you have is, is the zone for your life right now. The thing that you're serving in, that's God's vision. You don't yet realize it, he said, but he starts to realizing, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. I'm not gonna be dissuaded. You have a job offer to make me more money? I can't be bought. There's a temptation trying to distract me from my marriage. I can't be dissuaded from my marriage. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Hey, spiritual enemy, chatterbox is telling me you're not good enough. You're not worth enough. Your life isn't worth it. You're an accident. And listen, no, no, no. I don't, have, I don't have time to listen to you. I've got a great work to do. You have a great work to do. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You have a great work work to do. I know why I was created. I know why God's called me to do this business. I know why God's called me to leave the security of this current job I have because there's, there's things that God wants to do. There's a business God wants to raise up for me in my life so that I can support this missionary or, or I can support this orphanage or I can support this nonprofit that I believe in. God is gonna bless me to be a blessing. I'm gonna be a conduit of God's blessing. I know why he's calling me to do this. Spirit's prompting, certain uncertainty, predictable resistance, and uncommon clarity. Father, give your people uncommon clarity. In the noise of this world, in the distractions that tend to come to us all, into the sense of that, that is our American culture, that it's all about my personal comfort. God, disturb us, as Sir Francis Drake said, disturb us. Make us uncomfortable. Call us up, call us out to discover the vision, the clarity, with clarity to serve your purpose. Give us clarity, I pray, for our marriages. Give us vision for how we're gonna raise our kids. Give us vision for for the colleges that we're choosing and the, and the pathways that we're on and the jobs that we have and, and give us vision for our friendships. Give us vision for our own purity in life. Give us vision, uncommon clarity. Yes, we'll have resistance. Yes, it'll be uncertain, but help us take the next right step, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Father, lead these people. Lead us all, God, lead us all. God, step by step, day after day, lead us out, lead us up, lead us through. I pray in Jesus' name. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.